Good afternoon, and uh, it's uh, lovely to be here. And uh, uh, I must say that uh, my definition of the graveyard shift has shifted. It's now to be the last speaker post-lunch, uh, not the last speaker pre-lunch. So uh, you'll pardon me. I also just got back from uh, Nicaragua, where I was um, uh, sort of um, uh, going up and down the country, my first visit to Nicaragua. I, I was in the Caribbean coast and then in the dry corridor, some uh, extreme pockets of poverty in Nicaragua, which is a, a quite a poor country. Uh, in the Caribbean coast and in the dry corridor, the government has a policy for um, uh, uh, encouraging uh, smallholders to build uh, patios saludables, healthy sort of kitchen gardens. But uh, did I see any sign of that? Uh, they farm, uh, you know, farm size is uh, anywhere from uh, one to two manzanas, which is less than a hectare. Uh, one manzana is about 0.75 hectares. And they are growing 50 types, types of things there but no uh, signs of fresh vegetables or fruits for a personal consumption that I saw. So, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot to be done. I mean, even where they are willing and um, um, encouraging policies in place um, and, and leadership, uh, there is a gap. Uh, but let me uh, stop um, uh, talking about my mission and uh, turn to this uh, uh, business at hand. Uh, David, or David, uh, you presented a number of um, figures. Uh, let me add to, uh, to, to the number of uh, data points that you offered, uh, particularly to reduce hunger. Now, uh, the $70 billion price tag is over the decade to 2025 to eradicate a number of um, uh, targets set out in the, uh, uh, the Health Assembly nutrition targets. Um, this was based on work done by colleagues at the World Bank who focus on nutrition, working uh, in partnership with uh, results for Development Institute and uh, uh, 1,000 Days. Uh, and the, uh, if you do simple math, it's uh, $7 billion dollars per annum if you um, uh, sort of want to uh, bring it down to an annual cost. Now, um, uh, unfortunately, Rachel, I don't have uh, fresh uh, insights or original data. In fact, we've plagiarized heavily from the, um, uh, from the Global Nutrition Report. So. And that's as good as it gets. Um, but just uh, to make, um, uh, you know, to, to sort of knit together a storyline and perhaps throw some ideas out, uh, many of which have been uh, offered in different ways by uh, colleagues who spoke before me. 
Um, uh, I think uh, this is an opportunity for all of us to come together and try to grapple uh, around these issues, not the least of which is, is the absence of, uh, you know, what are we measuring? You know, it's the proverbial elephant, and we're all looking at different parts of this elephant and sort of uh, uh, trying to assess how big is this elephant and uh, how do we make sure we, um, uh, you know, we, we capture all of it. So um, uh, the graph on the right-hand side on my screen um, shows uh, that the spending uh, in absolute terms has been rising, but uh, in relative terms, the spend by uh, donors, by uh, bilaterals and by multilateral agencies is actually declining. Um, and that's because uh, the uh, overall uh, uptick in spending on uh, a number of other competing priorities is increasing. And so um, it's, it's a bit concerning that we are now down to uh, about half a percent of spend on uh, uh, nutrition-specific uh, issues. And, um, uh, you know, at the same time, we are also spending a bit on uh, diet-related NCDs, which uh, uh, is something to think about, uh, you know, whether that's adequate or whether uh, that should be oriented uh, upfront. Now, uh, the other aspect uh, is that uh, while there's a gap in terms of what uh, development partners are putting in. National uh, governments in their own uh, public expenditures also face a gap vis-a-vis uh, -vis their own uh, cost estimates to uh, achieve the uh, nutrition targets relating to maternal, infant, uh, and young, young children. And uh, uh, here uh, we can see that there are two outliers uh, Peru and uh, Guatemala, where um, we did a, a bit of digging and we found that they simply have made these uh, uh, investments a priority. There's no other secret to it. Whereas in um, many of the other countries uh, with, with huge needs, um, uh, the governments are devoting less than 2% of the uh, public uh, sp uh, expenditures on, on these um, uh, issues. So uh, we all know, no big secret, that uh, there's too little money in the system and uh, everybody's trained and stretched. Uh, but uh, what money there is, are we spending it well? And this question has been raised uh, in different ways by uh, Rachel, by Steneke, and um, so, so this is something that we need to start thinking about uh, today and uh, together. So how do we better leverage uh, the amount of uh, resources that are available in the system uh, to close the nutrition financing gap? And um, uh, so I'll propose four ideas, you know, four sort of uh, uh, approaches or ideas which uh, uh, are up for discussion and for further exploration. So the first one is really to scale up uh, impactful and cost-effective uh, nutrition interventions. 
Um, uh, this slide simply demonstrates that in absolute terms, uh, there is a lot of uh, money that is being invested, whether it's by uh, donors such as the US, uh, EU, etc., and even by uh, several countries, uh, again, 41 countries um, uh, that were looked at uh, by uh, the Global Nutrition Report uh, show that there is a trend, and the trend is more towards uh, nutrition-sensitive spend, uh, i.e. Um, attacking various uh, different dimensions of uh, the dilemma and, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, vitamin A or iron supplements, et cetera. So uh, in the bank, we started a few years back uh, in our um, agriculture action plan, and this has uh, now been picked up uh, uh, at uh, senior management levels in our uh, memorandum of understanding the targets that we want to achieve vis-a-vis um, uh, -vis, uh, internal commitments to senior management. And uh, it's a stock versus flow kind of a measure. Uh, in, in both of those uh, measurements, what we are seeing is that uh, there has been a sustained increase. So, for instance, in the Agriculture Action Plan, uh, we started with a baseline of 12%. Uh, so, 12% of the new projects that were approved in fiscal year tw uh, 2012 uh, had some sort of a nutrition-sensitive uh, action built in. And uh, uh, by uh, fiscal year 15, um, uh, this had uh, grown to almost 30%. Um, and there's been a slight uh, downturn in uh, fiscal 16. Similarly, in the MOU uh, with senior management, we are now at about 60%. So uh, the importance of measuring is to, to make sure that we keep an eye on the ball. Um, uh, our operational teams are aware that this is an important target and uh, we need to keep uh, focused on it and, and make sure that the trend from baseline uh, stays up, um, moving up in the right direction. Uh, the second idea I'd like to uh, th throw out there, which I actually didn't hear today, is about stemming post-harvest losses uh, and waste of, of food. In general, nutritious food, of course, uh, the more perishable uh, fruits and vegetables, um, definitely. Now, the uh, economic burden, uh, again, this is one area, you know, where there are lots of numbers uh, that abound, uh, but uh, some estimates uh, put the cost to the global economy um, in, um, uh, at about a trillion dollars. And uh, this is also, of course, um, uh, a multiplier effect because it uh, uh, translates into income losses for uh, which hit the poorest subsistence farmers uh, the most. Um, so this, I think, is a low-hanging fruit which, uh, uh, you know, one can uh, actually tap into 
and uh, see how uh, together we can do a lot more. Um, the government of Mexico has asked for some assistance in developing a food loss waste national strategy. I think that's a great idea. I think there are so many different aspects that we all need to work together on, uh, but the nutritional dimension uh, as well, so that uh, there's uh, a concrete focus on, on that aspect in, in that strategy will be important. Um, the government of uh, Argentina, which is, uh, uh, which is at the helm of the G20, is also looking into devising a national strategy. So um, uh, this is a huge opportunity, I think, for, uh, for us to come together and start working on these issues cohesively. Uh, and uh, this is a slide, I think, from IFPRI, uh, which shows that, uh, you know, if we do uh, get in and have effective interventions to uh, both uh, work uh, to contain on-farm um, uh, losses and, and post-harvest uh, sort of uh, losses, a lot can be uh, salvaged and, and um, uh, made available. The third um, uh, dimension is uh, something that uh, a couple of you mentioned on, uh, on reorienting public investments. And not only reorienting public investments such as uh, subsidies, uh, for example, but uh, also the signaling uh, through public policy um, uh, to 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 uh, to motivate private action. So uh, some of you may have been in Rome, where we uh, discussed a lot about the agricultural subsidies, most of which are actually in the uh, developed world uh, to support. Um, production uh, of agricultural uh, crops, particularly uh, destined to, towards uh, things like wheat, rice, uh, sugar, palm oil, etc. And the slides on the right, uh, the, the graphs on the right sort of demonstrate that. Now, um, the uh, Private incentives uh, sort of uh, feed off of the public uh, signaling, and you can see that uh, uh, you know the, the processed foods uh, and the investment in private R&D funds and um, uh, the ABCD, the Cargills and uh, Archer, Daniel Midlands, etc. Their own investments sort of mirror uh, government support. So I'm just going to skip through these uh, couple of slides more to uh, just to say that you know there uh, is need to explore where, uh, whether there is a link between um, uh, subsidies and uh, nutritional outcomes between agricultural research and dietary outcomes. Um, and then the, this fourth block I touched on, which is, you know, we all need to sort of work together uh, and uh, public and private partners need to come together. Uh, the food and beverage industry is an 8 to $10 uh, trillion industry, which is growing. So really a lot can be done um, in, in um, uh, coming together. So the four 
potential solutions to close the gap might be uh, these. And, um, you know, the World Bank is uh, approaching things in a very multi-sectoral way uh, to, to try and, and uh, address these uh, questions. And uh, we don't have the magic bullet, uh, but that's, um, uh, that's something that we can all work on. So uh, I leave you with a few questions here uh, because uh, I think it's important to start thinking uh, together about uh, some of these issues. Thank you.